The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have a talk. Gallup has a poll out. No, we're not talking presidential polls and all that poll, all that boring stuff for now. We're going to have a talk about America itself. Before we talk about that, let's bring up something really quickly that we've talked about before on the show. Germany was a pretty new country in the early 1900s, as, as it was formed then. It was a pretty new country. Obviously, a historic people, but a pretty new country. And Germany was scaring the bejesus out of Britain and France for a couple reasons. One, Germany is an economic juggernaut. For Europe, not for us, not compared to us, of course, but for Europe, they're a powerhouse. In Britain and France, the traditional powers of Europe were nervous about that. But that wasn't what made them the most nervous. And I've always thought this was so funny. It's just funny how how much more frank and honest older societies were than we are today. You know what they wrote about extensively, what really scared them to death about Germany at the time? Their birth rate. They were making so many babies. The German people, young men. And young women in Germany were getting married and making a lot of babies. And 
that fact scared France and Britain to death because your nation making babies in nuclear families is the strength of the nation. I could give you some inhospitable island nation somewhere with very few natural resources to deal with and all kinds of problems, weather problems and everything else. And if you developed a society where young men married young women and made a bunch of babies, your society would eventually thrive. It is every part of your country. And the flip side, and pay attention to this because this is going to apply to what we're about to talk about here. If I was to give you a country with endless natural resources, all the geographic blessings from God you can possibly imagine, maybe even a huge ocean in the east and a huge ocean in the west, huge advantage. If I was to give you all the best government, the best tax rates, the best spending, fiscal sanity, every, even a good border policy, everything was perfect in your country. Yet your country was full of broken families and no families. Your nation would collapse on itself. It would. That's simply the way it works. And you don't have to come at that from any religious point of view or political point of view or anything else. What I just said is true. That's what makes a nation. Either you have the strong families or you don't have the strong families. This is out from Gallup today. Back in 2014, this would be, uh, back in 2014, they ran a poll checking on people who were identifying as LGBT. Well, you should know that the LGBT share of the population back then was something like 1%. It's tiny, 1 or 2%. That's 2014. That's not ancient history. It was something like 2, 2%. They pulled it today. I won't uh, bore you with all the minor details, but I will tell you this. Generation Z, that's people who were born, in case you're wondering, from 1997 to 2004. That's our newest generation is Generation Z. Generation Z, their percentage is 19.7. Now, I, you know I'm happy to wade into all kinds of culture war issues and things like that. We do that all the time on the show. We're never afraid to talk about that, and we will continue to talk about that. But actually, I'm going to set all that stuff aside for right now because that doesn't matter at all. That's the end of the United States of America, demographically. You, you cannot survive. No nation in the history of mankind could possibly survive 19% of the population, almost 20 automatically withdrawing themselves from contention for making new babies. Because you have to factor this in too. How many people in the population simply, for whatever reason, maybe they don't want to or whatnot, maybe how many people won't get married? Maybe they want to and don't find someone. Maybe they get married and this happens. Maybe you're going through this. They can't have kids. So there are all kinds of factors that come into play outside of the people who choose it. There are all kinds of the factors that come into play 
that won't allow people to reproduce. And there's obviously no judgment here. I don't care. Life is what it is. You make your own choices. But if we've already shrunk the pool by 20% before we go into the natural natural reasons people can't have kids, we can stop arguing about politics now. We can we can set all this aside. Republican, Democrat, spending. I I can talk about uh, these policies that ruined a city. No, nothing else matters. All of it can be set aside and tossed in the trash now. If we don't figure out how to become a nation of men marrying women and making babies. Now again, that doesn't mean that's your lot in life. You have your own lot in life. You have your own story. And everyone's story is imperfect. You never know, right? And everyone has a different story that that they choose. Imperfect probably wasn't even a way to put it. Maybe that's not your life. Maybe that's not what you want. And that's fine. There's no judgment here. But as a nation, if that doesn't change, if we don't figure out how to change this societal conditioning that is pushing the next generation into the rainbow mob, we're not going to continue. And this is what's great about something like this. It's simple math. Math says it won't continue. So, again, I want to clarify, I don't give a crap if you're offended. If you're offended, you're welcome to email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But your offense doesn't change the math. We have to make more babies with nuclear families or we're done. This societal conditioning, it's the end of us. It's a big deal. And, you know, Chris, why don't you why don't you pull up some of the various audio we've had before on the show about all the people who talk about us having too many people on the planet? Because I can't help. I mean, look, call me a conspiracy theorist. Maybe look, you can feel free to call me a conspiracy theorist. But there are all these people, all these elites, and they're constantly out there pushing all this stuff, rainbow this and rainbow that and rainbow this. And oh my gosh, look how gay the press crew is. So this week is Lesbian Visibility Week. And as the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary for the president of the United States, I see every day how important visibility and representation. So you have all the elites pushing that. And yet those same people are always standing up there pushing things like this. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but the same people who push the rainbow stuff that guarantee we won't make enough children to survive. Those are the same people who think the world needs to be depopulated. And, you know, as luck would have it, can't believe this, blown away by all these uh, coincidences, these are also the same people who've been representing Pfizer and Moderna for the past few years, pushing it hard. Remember Remember how uniquely invested Bill Gates has been in pushing the vaccines, and yet the same Bill Gates is on camera saying things like this. It's an average about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes 
that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. But there we see an increase of uh, about 1.3. One of those numbers has to hit zero. Got to get some of these people off the earth. Hey, get your extra booster shot yet? All right. Let's move on to the Fauci stuff. We might, you know, we'll get to a couple emails before we get to Fauci. But let us first get to you and how you're wasting your life. No, I, I don't think you're a failure or anything like that. You're wasting a third of your life because you're not sleeping in my pillows, Giza dream sheets. And I know maybe maybe you bought good sheets, and I hope you did buy good sheets. I'm glad you're happy with your sheets, but I don't want to come off like a snob. You know how high class I am, but you know my pillows, Giza dream sheets are the best sheets ever, right? Because they're super super soft. Yet they don't make me sweat. They're breathable. And they last because it's made from the world's best cotton. Of course, Mike Lindell would find the world's best cotton and think, I should use this for something. Go to MyPillow.com because they're at their lowest price ever. You can get them as low as twenty nine ninety eight right now. MyPillow.com. Promo code JESSE is how you get it. Or you can pick up the phone and call. They're wonderful on the telephone, of course. Call 800-845-0544. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE, Giza Dream Sheets. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and if you're having a hard week, you should just rest easy. You're having a better week than Joe Manchin, who's going to try to get reelected in red West Virginia. Remember back in the day when he was saying this? Senator, do you regret voting for that massive spending bill uh, last summer? You were given a promise that your permitting would be in the bill. Uh, Chuck Schumer did not keep that promise. Do you regret it in retrospect? Well, no, not at all. As far as the Inflation Reduction Act will be the most transformative bill that we've ever had in the United States uh, in Congress as far as I've been there because it's energy security. Fast forward to today. Let me make it very clear. If this administration does not honor what it said it would do and basically continue to liberalize that, where $384 billion is what we're supposed to invest over 10 years, and they blow that out of the water and it's, it's six or seven or 800 I will do everything I can in my power to prevent that from happening. And if they don't change, then I would vote to repeal my own bill. Oh, Joe, those reelection chances not looking good for you. Are you going to do the, hey, I'm just a dumb country boy. I, I can't believe they lied to me. Are we really going to do that routine, Joe? Seriously? You knew exactly what you were voting for. You knew who you were voting with. 
The people of West Virginia are going to hate your guts over it. Your Republican opponent, who's going to be formidable from what I understand in West Virginia, he is going to take the Inflation Reduction Act and use it like a club on you over and over and over and over again in West Virginia. By the time that he's done with you in West Virginia, your own relatives are not going to be voting with you at all. You're done. And you deserve to be done, piece of trash. Hi, Jesse. I'm currently in a communist university to become a history teacher. I have emailed you many times about this. A few you have read. Well, in the past couple months, I've been looking at the world around me and wondering, is it really worth it to go into a profession that hates my values and beliefs? Is it worth it to try making a difference when everyone else in my profession is going to teach students that America sucks and that our former presidents were all evil? Is it worth it to keep paying the communists at my university who are trying but failing to indoctrinate me? The answer to all these questions I have come to is no. I have thought very seriously in recent months about doing 911 dispatch and dropping out of college. Should I do this or try to stay in college so I can teach the truth to the next generation? Thank you for everything you do. May God bless and protect you and your family. You know what? I'm not the one suffering on a university campus. I come to work every single day and I see Chris and Michael. And we eat hot Italian subs with Capicola on them, and they're delicious. And then we sit and joke, and and when we do the Jesse Kelly show, and I'm not suffering through what you're suffering through. So I don't feel right telling you, no, go back to school. But I will tell you this. Let's say there are 100 history teachers. I know there are more, but let's say there are 100 history teachers getting ready to graduate this year. And... 99 of them are full-blown communists. And then there's you. The students you will teach over the course of your career, are they not worth the trouble? Because they're outnumbered? Just because there's more of them than there are of us, does that mean the next class doesn't matter? Because you're thinking about yourself now, and I understand that, and I'm not calling you selfish. That's not what I'm saying. But you're thinking about your circumstances and you're thinking about how hopeless it seems and we're outnumbered and we're overwhelmed. And I get all that. But what you're probably not thinking about is five years from now, that child who's a sponge getting all this cultural filth poured on them from everywhere, maybe even bad parents, maybe too much TV, maybe everything. And maybe that child sits in your class one day and you make history, real history, come alive. Happened to me. Uh, I think it was the sixth grade. Oh, I never give a crap about history. Walk in sixth grade, and all of a sudden, there's some defensive football coach for the high school team, the defensive coordinator, and he's screaming and yelling about the Spartans stabbing people in the face with spears. And young bad student Jesse was sitting up in his chair on time every day. And history came alive for me that day. And I've never lost it. What if you can bless, what if it's only one, but what if you can bless one person like that? And you don't know what that child's going to end up being. You don't know if you just inspired the next president, the next 
good father, good mother. You're, you don't know what your presence will be, but I would rather have one of you there than none of you there, wouldn't you? Just my thoughts. But again, I'm not the one suffering. You're the one suffering. Just my thoughts. I also think this. I think that your home title is vulnerable. It's sitting there online. You think it's locked up and secure somewhere and you don't have to worry about it. No, Jesse, it's at the bank. No, it's not at the bank. I thought that too. It's online. Apparently they just put everything online today. Why is my home title online? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's online. Yours is online. They're all online. And because they're online, they get hacked now routinely. Criminals will hack into them. They will forge your signature on them. And they will go start taking loans out against your home. Now, that wouldn't be a big deal, except the banks think you took the loans out and they start sending you late notices in the mail because you're not making your payments. And soon the late notices become eviction notices. If that doesn't sound like fun, and believe me, it's not. People have been evicted for this. You could just go sign up for Home Title Lock and they'll stop it. You could go to hometitlelock.com slash jesse and sign up and they'll stop it. Look, if you just want to check, you might already be a victim of it and you don't, wouldn't know it because no one sends you a memo. No one calls you. Go there right now and put in your address. They let you do this for free to see if your home's still in your name. Go to hometitlelock.com slash jesse, free, put in your address and see if you're a victim of it. All right? All right, some more emails. And Fauci. Ugh. Hang on. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is the Jesse Kelly Show. And I forgot, I almost forgot Joe Biden spoke today. And man, he was out there nailing it. Let me be clear. In my administration, no one, no one earning less than $400,000 a year will see their taxes go up a single solitary penny, nor will they. No one. <laughs> it's just, why the yelling? We're changing people's lives. You went on today. Well, we finally beat Big Pharma. <laughs> They're still going to do very well. Beat Big Pharma. Beat Big Pharma. Between Operation Warp Speed, passed by Trump, and... All the vaccines bought by Biden, Big Pharma, who he just claimed he beat, has raked in the most lucrative few years they've ever had. And without even the slightest bit of hesitation, he will stand up there behind the microphone and say, we beat Big Pharma. But that's not the most amazing thing to me. That's really not. Because more and more I've been accepting of the fact that we get the government we deserve, because we really do. That's effective on some people. Isn't that amazing to think about? They lie like this all the time, easily verifiable lies, because there are enough stupid people in this country who will believe something like that. Beat Big Pharma? Republicans and Democrats alike have spent three years stroking the most massive taxpayer-funded checks to Big Pharma ever, while also at the time, the same time releasing them from liability for what they've done. Beat Big Pharma? All right. Anyway, he explains what the president's job is. As president, I get to pick projects. I get to fund projects from the money that we get from the Congress. Money you get from the Congress, huh? How much money does Congress have? I'm, Chris, I don't know. I'm a little, 
My civics, I, uh, it's been a little while. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. How much money does Congress have? Does Congress have a bunch of money of their own? That's our money. And this, again, shows you these people and how they see themselves, how truly disconnected from reality they are. You went to work today, and you worked the first 25 to 30% of your day to hand that money to the federal government. And they will get up there without a, without even the tiniest bit of hesitation or the tiniest bit of self-reflection or self-awareness at all and say things like this. Look at all this money I've got. Man, I've just got all kinds of money to spend. It's great. My money. As president, I get to pick projects. I get to fund projects from the money that we get from the Congress. That's exciting, Joe. Man, I'm, I'm happy for you, bud. That's really good stuff. But he does look... And in fairness, he did explain supply chains pretty well. Two and a half years ago, well, the supply chain, people look at, I mean, really bright people. Look at uh, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, well, guess what? Because of the <laughs> pandemic. I love, I love how he does that. Sometimes how he gets stuck on it. And then he just kind of moves on as if he did explain it, but he didn't. It's one of my favorite things he does. Two and a half years ago, well, the supply chain, people look at, I mean, really bright people. Look at uh, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, well, guess what? Because of the pandemic. I'll tell you what I've got to do when I get home, and it's going to be a bear. I've got to dig into the, uh, so anyway, so once I get that done, it should be fun. <laughs> Yo, all of our arguments for or against all the candidates are moot if we don't su- survive the growing war threats by Putin, Xi, Un, and some Ayatollah. Trump is the only candidate capable of doing that. He already did that. It's on his resume. We don't need a gentle, thoughtful, good manager. We need a junkyard dog that is hard to manage and is scary, frankly. Good show. Keep it up. Uh, I didn't say I can say his name, so I won't. Again, I'll come back to this. Trump's foreign policy was fantastic. The best foreign policy of my lifetime, of any president of my lifetime, by a mile, And if that's your priority for voting and you're going to vote because of that, uh, that's perfectly acceptable. It's totally acceptable to vote that way. I have laid out for you very clearly many times the two things that will determine my primary vote. But I've also told you many, many times those don't have to be your, your two things. Your vote, it's, let's be honest, your vote, it's the only political power you've had, you have. My vote is the only real political power I have. That's it. That's all I have. You don't give it away for anybody. And you vote based on the things you feel and the things you want. That's how you vote now and always. And worrying about World War III, uh, that's a pretty legitimate thing to worry about, especially right now. And if you're going to vote based on who you think will best keep us out of World War III, and that's the reason you're going to go hammer that MAGA button on primary day, that's a dang good reason to vote. That's a great reason to vote. Again, don't ever vote for things like loyalty. That's stupid and childish loyalty. Freaking politicians. Not loyal to any of you. You're not loyal to me. I'm not loyal to you. I'm loyal to the priorities I have in life. You should be loyal to the priorities you have in life, and that's how you should vote. That's a completely legitimate reason to vote Trump. And I will always be convinced that there were two things 
the system genuinely hated about Trump above all else. And it wasn't his style, and he was brash, and he was rude to the media, or the name-calling. It wasn't any of the things they said it was. There were two things the system despised about Trump. One, securing the border. There are a lot of very, very, very wealthy, very powerful people on both sides of the border who are highly invested in that border staying open. That's a big reason, big reason why they hated Trump. And secondly, his foreign policy. We have used the words, the term for so long. Yeah, good point, Chris. Chris said, I'll I'll bring up that point in a second when it comes to the border, but we've used the term military-industrial complex to the point where it almost becomes kind of a kind of a half a conspiracy theory in people's minds where they're kind of dismissive of it. Oh, here we go. Uh, It was a man by the name of Eisenhower who coined that phrase. He kind of knew a little bit about the military and military affairs and the military industrial complex. And he warned everybody. It's a major deal that all this money is sucked up, not only by the military, but sucked up by Congress and then handed out to these huge defense contractors who will then supply the military and then the generals go right from the military into the the defense industry and it's just this never-ending circle of gigantic sums of money, your money keep in mind, my money keep in mind, and the thing that keeps that circle a-churning, the thing that keeps that money machine burning is... War. There always seems to need to be one, right? No matter what. It's, this is an existential threat. They love using that stupid word, existential. This is an existential threat. We need, we must step in. Or, or Russia will take over the world. China will take over the world. The Muslims will take over the world. If you don't give us another $5 trillion, 10,000 lives, you they're going to take over the world. You don't want that, do you? What, do you? what do you hate, America? Are you anti-military? Donald Trump wanting to stop that is a big reason the system hated his guts. All right, that's enough of that. We're going to get to just a little bit of Fauci. I don't want to spend too long on this because then I'll end up vomiting. But we're going to spend a little bit of time on Fauci. Now, Fauci is actually a perfect lead-in to why you should be taking better care and better ownership of your personal health, just like I should. We have to take care of ourselves more. I was talking to the wife about this this morning. She was expressing frustration with some doctors, and we both just said, man, you're on your own now. That's all there is to it. You're on your own. You have to care for yourself. Do what you can to avoid the doctor's office. Part of that is making sure you're getting the natural supplements, the vitamins, the minerals, the things in your body you need to make sure you're strong and ready and out of the doctor's office, away from big pharma. That's why I love chalk. Chalk, I view chalk as being my lifeline. It's what's going to keep me around longer and stronger. I take a male vitality stack. Ladies, take a female vitality stack or any one of the other endless natural herbal supplements they have. Go to choq.com and see what they have. Promo code JESSE gets you 35% off subscriptions. All right? Chalk.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. The Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it. Returns next. 
Mr. New York, Mark Simone, tomorrow morning at 10 on 710WOR. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, final segment of the second hour of the Jesse Kelly Show, but we still have more than an hour left. Never fear about that. Okay, um, let's do a just brief history thing before we get to the Fauci thing, because they're going to tie together as we do on the show. In various communist countries, when terrible things were done to the people by the communist leaders, the communist leaders were aware of the balance of societies. Remember, we talk a lot about the balance of societies. Societies will demand a balance. If you swing too hard one way, you'll swing too hard the other way, just because people will naturally seek out a balance. Well, it's not different in communist countries. So if you're Mao and you put in a policy that ends up starving 40 million people to death, you understand that there's going to be a reckoning of some kind for someone. That's a lot of angry people, a lot of dead moms, dads, sons, daughters. There's a lot of this, a lot of this. So what do you do? You can't stop your communism. You're committed to the evil demonic religion that is communism. So what are you going to do? Well, you have to find a scapegoat to blame. At one point in time, when Mao was starving all his people to death and there was this horrible famine, Mao, you've heard me say it before, Mao blamed the birds. He blamed the birds. How did people go kill the birds? Oh, that's certainly not my policy. These birds. Stalin, when Stalin was busy killing people, and remember this, the Soviet Union, just like anywhere else, is divided up into areas. Just consider them states. And Stalin would pick areas. This is how evil Stalin was. He really might be the most evil person who ever walked. He would find an area, a state. So let's say your state. He would find a state and he'd say, all right. Uh, he'd go to his NKVD people, his secret police people. And he'd say, all right, you have a quota. I need 40,000 dead. And in case you're wondering why, Stalin would assume if you weren't killing enough people, that you weren't working hard enough trying to find the dissidents in there. So he, because he's a monster with no soul, like all communists are, he decided that you you need to, you need to go kill a bunch of people. Well, again, societies seek a balance. He would go on this huge purge, and okay, uh, Wyoming's killed 50,000. Hey, Texas, we need 100,000 out of you. California, I expect real commitment there. 200,000, these are your quotas. And so his people, they would go in these places, and not only would they kill their quotas, they would kill above their quotas routinely. Why? Well, let me ask you. When your boss gives you a task, do you do the bare minimum? Or do you try to go over and above trying to impress the boss? These people were no different, even though their their, their job was murder. So they would go over and above, and they would kill even more. But then, then it would get to a point where there was too much unrest, too much tension, too many people had died. Remember, when you start killing people, that's a dirty bit of business. People's friends and relatives tend to hang on to such things. So Stalin would step in. It's amazing how many, how often he did this. He would step in and he would say, what? Killing people? That's outrageous. Who do these guys think they are? And he would have the people he told to go kill people. He would have them arrested 
put on trial, and it would execute them. It was known. It was known if you were in the NKVD and you were given the job, you were given, you were put in charge of an area, you're in charge of, charge of Wyoming, it was known to you that it was a death sentence. You were going to die. You knew it. They made play. You can read the literature about it. They would simply, they would kiss their wives goodbye when they would go off to this place and they would tell her, hey, you might die too. Cause oftentimes they would go get the wife too. You would know. You just knew you were going to go kill as many people as Stalin told you to. And then one night, I remember reading it like it was yesterday. Some guy talked about one night and then one night the knock came on my door and I knew who it was and I knew what it was. I was going to be put on trial for all the murders I was told to commit, and they were going to shoot me in the back of the head, and the new guy was going to take over. You're beginning to see this when it comes to all the COVID stuff because they could and did lie for a very, very, very long time about, quote, vaccine effectiveness, about lockdown effectiveness. What did your mask do? What did social distancing do? What did... But what are the what what benefit did it have for your child to stay home from school? They they did this. They did all these things and lied about all these things for a very long time. And when you own everything, all the media, it allows you to push propaganda like that for a very long time. But society seeks a balance. There are simply too many of these sad and honestly just horrific uh, vaccine injury cases out there now. Too many angry parents, too many angry children. And that's that's just the vax part of it. The lockdown stuff, people, they haven't recovered financially, lost their business, lost mom, lost dad, lost too much, too much anger and pain and suffering and injury and death out there for that to go on without end. And so what you're beginning to see just the early stages of now, you're beginning to see the slow but sure shifting of blame from the worst offenders out there. I saw Justin Trudeau this morning. I didn't grab it because Justin Trudeau's voice makes me want to punch somebody. But I saw Justin Trudeau today say, I never made anyone get a vaccine. A vaccine? What? No. I mean, if you did it on your own, that's fine. But that pales in comparison to the 90,000-word article interview by the New York Times of Dr. Fauci. And I'm going to go over bits and pieces of this for sure, but this is the one here that stuck out, stuck out to me, and I just, man, the ball's on this guy. Quote, but when people say Fauci shut down the economy, it wasn't Fauci. The CDC was the organization that made those recommendations. I happen to be perceived as the personification of the recommendations. But show me a school that I shut down. And show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. I gave a public health recommendation that echoed the CDC recommendation. And people made a decision based on that. Looks like it's time to round up, round up those NKVD agents. Hey there, Fauci. But there's actually more to this. And I will get to this and AOC and other things in just a moment. Before I get to that, allow me to get to the protection of your person, your personal protection. Something I have become more adamant about with my family. We're going shooting again this weekend. As things get crazier and more violent over there, it's more apparent that I need to do more to prepare them for when I'm not there. 
to run into a bad man. Is your daughter prepared for when you're not there? Is your mom, your dad, your son? Get them a hero gun and prepare them. It's a non-lethal gun. Shoots pepper balls. So even if they're ah, not a gun, I don't like guns. Fine, fine, fine. It's pepper balls. Get them a hero arrow, which shoots the pepper gel. Equip the person you love with the ability to stop a very violent, very bad human being from hurting them beyond recognition. Go to Hero2020.com, code JESSE for a special discount. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.